Aloha, I am June Jones of the Houston Roughnecks, and this is the XFL Show. Welcome, football fans. This is award season. This is for the love of football, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. Award season has given us plenty to debate and preoccupy ourselves with, but now it is time for the big one. This is episode 127. MVP time, Bryant. M. V. Thank you, Alan, so much. I know I've put my hard-earned effort into this show. It's really a great honor to be called the MVP of this of this program. I really appreciate you nominating me and selecting me. Uh, That's unanimous vote. Not what this is about. If anything, no? between you and I, it's about the MDS. That's what it's all or MSD. MDS. M- MSD. Okay. I, I don't MDV, even know my baby. own. I don't even know my own award. Most socially distant. <laughs> That's what I'm gun- gunning for, and I'm on like day. 22 of that baby where's, I'm on where's the roll. fiance where's the, the fiance uh she's way down the hall she back in new york or something nope she's way down the hall she, we're both <laughs> we're both enjoying this uh she was helping me pick my mvp list that i gave you you gave me yours we mashed them together we have this ultimate mvp list we're gonna get five through one the top five players overall of the season culminating with number one most valuable player I have some different criteria than you. I know that. Give us a sneak peek of what you were looking for. Uh, Value and the most value a player has towards his team. I think that's something that we can all agree on. Uh, Just because we picked the player to be the the offensive player of the year, the defensive player of the year, I think there's a little different criteria when it comes to most valuable player, Alan. That's at least on my side. Yep, there's a lot to think about. Statistics, uh, leadership, you're looking for someone who was just killing it out there and making people say their name a whole lot as well. And there were definitely a handful of guys that did that on a weekly basis in the XFL throughout the season, and it's going to be fun to break that down. We've already given away, Bryant, our our, our other awards for offense, defense, coach of the year. It's been a lot of fun, these countdown episodes that we're uh, winding down here. Yeah, go back and listen to those uh, in the archives or watch them. On YouTube, we uh, counted uh, counted down the top five offensive players, defensive players, and the coach of the year. Offensive player was Cam Phillips. Should I spoil it? Maybe spoiler. If you haven't listened, go back and listen. Spoiler. Cam Phillips, offensive player of the year. Uh, Defensive player of the year was Will Hill. And our coach of the year was, of course, uh, June Jones of the Houston Roughnecks. Go ahead. Get out of here. So go check okay. those out. They're in the feed. Bryant, you could get out of here. I'm going to do the rest of the show alone. Yeah, they're, all those shows are in the feed on XFL YouTube, XFL.com. A lot for you to digest and, and take in. Still plenty of XFL content that we're uh, going to be bringing you on this road to 2021, Bryant. I don't know. I'm not. The only thing I'm counting are my days in isolation, which I think I'm at like 22. But I want to know about. The days till kickoff 2021, or at least around February, we need to start that countdown too, especially when we're doing, you know, the beginning of the show and I do the whole spiel. I'm going to need that info pretty soon. I don't know how many weeks left we have, but it's 
It's, so with the 22 days that you've been in quarantine, you cannot figure out how many days or weeks are to kick off? I don't want to have to do that math. That's the one thing, the one rule we have during quarantine, uh, besides not you know letting people in, <laughs> is <laughs> no math. No math. No one. No math that'll hurt your brain. We don't want. It. We want to avoid all headaches, at least in this household. So that's your job. That's well. I was uh, I was doing a lot of math last night just for fun. So maybe I'll figure that one out uh, for you, Alan. Also, I've been doing a lot of remodeling. I'm, I'm tired of, of the gimmick. I like that. Everybody, uh, you know, getting upset at me. So excuse the dust and the dirt. But uh, I'm I'm trying to to make this sh- uh, uh, you know fancy schmancy. That's type a, of thing it's here. a set. That is a now that is now a set. For a show that well, I mean, people this watch is not on a weekly set. basis, this is the build of the set. <laughs> I actually would have just, just leave the ladder there. I think the ladder's cool. It's it, it, it really it, it's a metaphor. I think for how you're climbing up the ladder of 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 one more to the MVP. Talk, we already podcasters that. that you're not the MVP. <laughs> Don't call yourself that. You could go out every week. I want you to go out every week and play and act like you're the MVP, but you're not the MVP just yet. Come on, I mean. Look at me. I'm the one wearing the Wildcat shirt. I'm the one with Godzilla right here. I'm the MSD, and I'm ready to do this countdown show if you're ready. Let's go around social media real quick in the XFL. At XFL shows where you can find us, and we are hashtagging as we give away these awards, hashtag XFL show awards. And uh, if you could, if you want to give us your top five, make sure you throw that hashtag on your list and we'll uh we'll go back and forth with you and also we're looking what are you laughing at well it's because you say give us your your top five people are just giving us their number ones yeah They're calling us dumb i like doing i like that they just get straight to the point nope you're wrong that's not the coach of the year you lose like this one russ our good personal close long time oh, dear good friend listener of the show since day one at russ move on twitter said jonathan hayes should have been coach of the year Go Battle Hawks. I love the. Hey, that's bias, obviously, Russ, but I appreciate your bias. And that's like your opinion, man. Hayes made our list for sure. I love it, though. Thanks for the tweet, Russ. <laughs> Definitely in my top eight. I will say that. Uh, kind of got outcoached, though, by Pep Hamilton on that last game. I'm not going to lie. That is that is true. And that's why we both, I think, had Pep ahead of him, right? In both our lists. So. Yep. Uh, Bill McHugh on YouTube commented, "June Jones all the way." I don't, I don't want to talk anymore. So he said, "We hit we hit the nail on the head on the last episode, Bryant, with June Jones coming away with Coach of the Year." Well, five and zero, innovative. Uh, people had to worry about June Jones more than anyone, I think, in the league. So I think uh, that's warranted and, and and earned by June Jones as Coach of the Year. And then if you caught the thank you fans video, we talked a little bit about it last episode, but I thought Jason Tidd put a really nice comment out there on YouTube as well uh, on the thank you fans video. I was watching it again, Bryant, just trying to drum up the, the waterworks again. And he said, no XFL, we fans thank you for giving us our football back and we do love our XFL. And I couldn't have said it better myself, Jason, and we're going to get into uh, some of how much we love the XFL and as a league. Now, the players have been great. We've been talking a lot about players and coaches, but the overall league as an entity that uh, you know became known throughout the sports landscape this, this year for just five weeks, I think it, it innovated, it 
caught people's attention and already has people excited for 2021 on this road to kick off next year with us, Bryant. We're going to get into some of that because I read a Forbes article that had me thinking a lot and kind of ready to jump on up and do record the show right away. But you said, no, back off. Let's make sure we get our lists right. We have everything ready. I want to just go into this crazy hot-headed. You cooled me down. We got to talk about that <laughs> Forbes article. I think I know what Forbes article you're alluding to, so we'll get into that in the cover too. But calm down, Alan. We're we're still kind of in the beginnings of off-season talk. Those types of things we can talk about throughout the entire off-season. We still got to get through the end of the regular season, so come on. Well, if I'm going to listen to you about anything, it's definitely going to be like how to approach the off-season because you're very good at talking about football during the off-season. Can you say the MVP of, of, of talking about a startup league? De- you're definitely up there. You're on the Mount Rushmore, <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, we'll I'll get to it. that. We'll get to that cover, too. Remember, the, the, the XFL fan line, we've been waiting for some calls to it lately, Bryant. I got to be honest, I didn't check it today. We might have got one in. We could have played, but we didn't. We don't have one set for the show. But you could call the XFL fan line, everybody. That's 724-565-4XFL. And we'll play your voicemails on the show or answer your questions, whatever you want. 724-565-4XFL. Of course, Twitter is the easy way, at XFL Show. And uh, we're looking at for everything on social media, what people are talking about the show and the XFL to bring it back into here to help us come up with stuff to talk about and react to stuff because we got a long offseason here, Brian. We're going to need to interact with everybody. If you're down with the XFL, this is the place to be. Yeah, if you're missing the XFL like we are, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, worries, uh, if you just need to get by, you know, times are weird. These are these are weird times right now. No sports uh, XFL show is here for you. So we you are. Know, give, it that, give us that call. 724-565-4XFL at XFL show. Interact with us. Let's have some fun on this. And look forward to us hitting everyone up on Twitter. We're going to reach out to you on Twitter. We're looking for fan bases representatives. We're looking for representatives of your fan base. So if you're a Guardians fan, if you're a Wildcats fan, if you're a Vipers fan, one of the fan bases we haven't had on the show yet because we've been interviewing some uh, friends and other fans that we've met to talk about their fandom uh, in each XFL city. We're looking to do more of that. And we have some people lined up, but we're going to put that off to dedicate this one fully to the MVP. But on the next episode, we'd like to talk to one of you. So we're going to ask you to either reach out to us on the XFL fan line or you could DM us. DMs are open at XFL show. If you want to call in or Skype into the show and talk a little bit about maybe a special moment or time you had going to an XFL game or watching the XFL, we want to have fans on the show for sure. And we are also programming note waiting for the go ahead because we're definitely going to be having some league representatives again as interview guests for long form interviews again on the show uh, as the season has abruptly ended and everybody's kind of finding their new normal Bryant we've put that on hold but we're definitely going to be having representatives from the league players coaches people in the league office back on the show in no time we will Alan and in, in, in really in no time we'll have a somewhat of a of a norm as we were during the season, having players and coaches and representatives from the teams. But, you know, you go back and you listen to drew uh, to Chad, I believe that was his name. And uh, man, he's our friend too. And I just, what is his name? Clint Domain. Come on, man. Clint, man. Clint is just me and him. He just did that on purpose. Clint. Don't mind him. 
<laughs> uh, if you want to be like one of those three men who have been on this show representing their, their respective teams, uh, make sure you hit us up on that fan line or at XFL show. Yes, sir. That's how you do it. And we'll remind you about that later on in the show. But we got to get into this thing. Remember, the XFL app, if you want to follow along with the show, you can catch it on there. You can also find some great articles. Art Garcia, I saw, was doing some good stuff uh, this past week, reminiscing a little bit about interviews they had on XFL.com, still going into those player profiles. You definitely want to check all that out, and you can get it on the XFL app right in the palm of your hand. That's everything XFL right there, and it's free to download. That is what you need if you're going to be following this long road to 2021, and you can customize it to your favorite team as well. If you want to do that, it's all there on the XFL app. Download it for free today. Let's rock, Bryant. It's time for the cover two. Six to the boy! Six to the boy! And here we go, Bryant, checking back in with the Best moments bracket of 2020. The semifinals ended uh, as of this live on tape podcast recording uh, just a few hours ago. Uh, and we are down to the finals in our brackets on uh, XFL social media. Everyone's voting on Twitter, Brian. And the semifinals ending earlier today. Uh, the number one seed, St. Louis's kickoff return, beating the Boogie Roberts scoop and score. And you got the Cam P.J. Walker sidearm TD connection beating that D.C. flea flicker. So you've got the number one and number two seed facing off in the finals of this fun bracket fans are voting on. And that the finals voting will take place this weekend. It will. So uh, go to Twitter, uh, XFL 2020 on Twitter is what you're going to look for uh, to vote for the best moment. Uh, these are uh, two great moments. All eight moments were really great for each team, but these two were superb one and two. Uh, they're headed into the finals. I think I know where I'm putting my money, but that's just me personally. Yeah, the the finals are going to be tough here. This is the best moments bracket, but really these were all plays. We did our moments countdown. We did that show already, Bryant, uh, but ours was a, a lot different criteria than this. These are all plays, so it's it more. I think it's interesting. We've been talking about this following it, and it's come down to these two plays, and the more I watch that sidearm touchdown, I might end up voting this weekend on that one. I'm going to wait till Sunday or you know or Monday morning till right before this poll closes because the kick return is poetic. It's a fun play, but also PJ to Cam is basically what this league was all about this year and that throw is ridiculous. I'm a sucker for a sidearm and I don't know, it might end up stealing my vote. We'll see. Well, we'll see. I think the Shaking story behind head. The number one play, I think, is overpowering, at least from what I can see. <laughs> football returns to St. Louis. You just love on. puns. You just love puns. And I don't, I that's don't a pun. I think that's like a play on words. I don't know. What, I don't that's think a, that's a pun. Isn't that that's a pun? Is that a pun? Seven two four five six five four XFL. <laughs> All our English professors who are watching or listening on YouTube or the podcast feed. Is that a pun? I believe it is. But I'm not going to argue over that. I'm going to just vote this weekend. Remember, Friday through Monday, you could vote on the finals of the best XFL moment on XFL Twitter at XFL 2020. Also, check out all those plays. We played them on the last episode, the the top eight. You could go look at them over and over again on XFL.com. I know I will be doing that this weekend. 
just to make sure I know I'm voting for the right play. We'll see what wins and talk about it on the Tuesday show. Part two of the cover two here, Bryant. Let's talk about some more XFLers going to the NFL. Now, we don't have any updates on players, but I talked about that Forbes article. It fired me up. Fired me up because it talked about how the XFL is in a good position to keep succeeding and keep people's attention, and it was great this year. It really stinks that it got cut short. Uh, excellent article, a lot of information there if you're into money. Uh, but what I took from that was it talked about how the players who went to the NFL recently, making that jump and are going to be in training camps trying to make rosters and whatnot, it said that if those players in this article, if if those players do not land on NFL rosters, if they don't successfully integrate into the NFL, this is a Pat, Patrick Reich, uh, uh article, and he said, if they don't succeed in the NFL, it doesn't bode well for the XFL, and that's not a good thing for the XFL. And I just don't see that and how that's applicable at all because the XFL, while we love these players and we're going to follow them, they are XFLers for life, as I said last week. The fact, the fact of the matter is the XFL is being watched and people are enjoying it because of the league itself, not because of – players making the jump and, and whatnot. And the, I don't think that's necessary for the viability of the league. I think the XFL is a success because it's innovating and it's captivating football in the spring at a time where there's no football. That's what it's all about. I'm with you, Alan. I think there is a, there is a part of me that says for the XFL to have good players that success is important for players that have been in the XFL that go to the NFL. I agree with that statement. Do I think the success and everything is hindered or, or desperate or dependent on what players do in the NFL? Absolutely not. I don't, I don't, I mean, the XFL is more football, you know, whether or not uh, take the college aspect of it all, right. Does a college team's uh, season depend on whether or not they have a, uh, ex NFL prospects. No, because sometimes some of the best players on an, on a college team don't even make the NFL. So I think, I think everybody needs to store uh, this Forbes article needs to slow its roll a little bit. I don't think that the XFL is need is neither dependent nor need needs this uh, in any way, shape or form. Uh, ideally, ideally the XFL has their own players that don't go to the NFL and stay in the XFL long-term. I'm with you there, and I think this Forbes article was very optimistic for the league. It it does say some nice things, and and I agree with them. But th- that part of it, just talking about how, okay, P.J. Walker goes to the NFL, and I don't know, he does. I don't know how this would be possible, but because if P.J. Walker's playing and he's given the shot to put the effort in, he's going to succeed. He's a talented player. But if a player like him, if – uh, we saw Dwayne Hendricks go and among other players going to the Steelers. Jordan Tamu doesn't break in, at least as a backup, and they have to come back to the XFL. Great for the XFL. I don't know what that – that's what I'm thinking. Like, if these guys don't make it there, they know that they could come back to the XFL. The XFL has open arms for the most part for for all players, at least from what we've heard so far from the commissioner and other people at the league. So, Players not succeeding in the NFL might mean more talent for the XFL. That's what I just didn't connect that notion of, oh, they don't make it. Then other players are going to see that it's just not a, a way to a stepping stone. That's If a player wants case. to play football professionally, the XFL is an option. 
obviously if players don't want to play professional football anymore or they don't feel like it's worth it, they're not going to play. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. It has nothing to do with the success. If they can go and play in the XFL, make some money, and play something that they love to play, maybe they don't even have aspirations to go to the NFL. I mean, that's a little sarcastic, but of course everybody has aspirations to play in the NFL. What I'm saying is maybe that's not a goal of theirs. They just want to play football professionally. They're making a good salary. They're having a fun time. Uh, Jordan Tamu, you know, or PJ Walker. What 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 if after this two year contract, PJ Walker, you know, wants to start, and the XFL gives him a comparable uh, contract? There you go. Go to the XFL. You don't have to be in the NFL to play football. I think that's what we're getting at. And Alan, to allude to your point, some of these players are going to come back. I guarantee it. And they were stars in the XFL. Sure. Just because they're not stars in the NFL doesn't mean they can't come back and be stars again in the XFL. But I am excited to watch them in the NFL too, because they that that's as a Steeler fan, like and a and a Los Angeles Extreme fan from back in the day. You know how revered Tommy Maddox is in this house. Now we've got a plethora of Tommy guns out there. Hopefully, they're going to make an impact. And real quick question, bonus cover two here, Bryant. Who do you rather be, Cam, or excuse me, not Cam, uh, PJ Walker or Jordan Tamu right now? Now, Jordan Tamu, you're way far down that depth chart, and you got a long way. You're not passing Patrick Mahomes, but you get to learn behind him and from Andy Reid. But PJ Walker in, in Carolina definitely looks like he has a better shot at maybe playing next season, but they did just get Teddy Bridgewater there, and he's. You know, he's the guy that they're anointing. He's going to be the man, we all assume. Which spot you'd rather be in? It, Jordan Thomas is very young. He's got a lot of time to learn and be under wings. Alan, I, I'm going to ask you this question, but don't answer it. Because I'm going to answer your question with a question. And then I think it'll be very hindered. But don't answer it. Over or under .5 games started by P.J. Walker this season. And I think I'd rather be in PJ Walker's without answering the question. I think I'd rather be in PJ Walker's shoes, at least for the opportunity. Uh, we shall see. Alan, I will want to mention, I do want to mention one more thing uh, on XFL.com. They have a uh, XFL player tracker of player signing uh, with NFL teams. So go ahead and check that out. That's under the news section uh, there. Uh, it gives you a breakdown by team. That's awesome. Check that out. Keep, keep up to date with it. We'll be talking a whole lot of that. Uh, as the offseason goes on, because we're going to see plenty more players signing on to at least be in training camps if they don't sign contracts. And April's here. That means NFL draft. So that also will start opening up the floodgates for non-drafted college players who don't even get camp invites to the NFL, might get camp invites to the XFL. So much football to keep track of. I'm so glad I'm home at my computer all day, every day. Just refreshing and watching Twitter and oh, it's kind of it's kind of nice. Although I I do remember air being pretty nice to breathe sometimes. I might have to try that sometime pretty soon, Brian. Maybe You're before going the out next walks, episode, right? Ooh, yeah, not enough though. Definitely, definitely not enough. Not just a, to get the Amazon packages outside or something. I, get, I go to the porch. Oh, the weekends are definitely you know got a whole. I've got a before they shut them down. I got a, I ordered a bunch of bottles of rye. And that's where on the, you sit on the porch, you say hi to the neighbors that you can't talk to up close and personal anymore. And uh, they ask, what's with the XFL? And I say, it'll be back in 2021. Don't come near my house. And that's my life right now. 
but still talking XFL and still wearing my XFL gear. I saw Bryant, some new hats came out on XFL shop. People tweeting about those two. They looked slick. You could get all your XFL gear at XFLshop.com, the online store for authentic XFL gear, jerseys, hats, the authentic team customized XFL footballs like this Battle Hawks ball you see behind me if you're watching on YouTube. Bryant never has his Guardians football around. I don't know why. Where's your Guardians football? Go Guardians. Why do you never have that on display? Maybe put that on the ladder that's sitting behind you. Construction. There's construction. I don't want it to get damaged. (laughs) The XFL shop. Everything you need to show off your team colors and celebrate the love of football. Get your gear today at XFLshop.com. The time has come, the football talker said, to talk of MVPs. To count down from five to four to three to two to one and... Give away our award that is not a physical award, but it is etched in into eternity on a podcast, Bryant, forever. Whoever's number one on our list here will be known as the XFL MVP to us and all of our loyal followers of the show. This is a big one. Andrew Jones looking for Parham. He's got it, and he's got a touchdown. Dallas has found momentum, and now they've got a 10-point lead with a point after coming. Back in the game, number 49, the tight end. We saw leave a couple plays earlier with an injury. And they throw it to him in the end zone for the touchdown. That's a way to come back. Welcome back, Mr. Parham. And we're starting with number five, Bryant. I would, I'm going to say he's your favorite player not on the L.A. Wildcats. Is that safe to say? Yeah, I, would, I definitely say I would. I mean, I was spot on about him. I know you don't want to give me credit because he's such a you know phenom, but he is definitely don't, Donald Parham from Stetson in Florida. Phenom is a great word. I would say Donald Parham is the phenom of the XFL. Six foot eight, two hundred forty pounds, a tight end whose stats were up there with all the top receivers in this league. He was the go-to player no matter who was playing quarterback. For Dallas, he was the guy they had to get the ball to. He had four touchdowns in five weeks at the tight end position. A player who came virtually out of nowhere. I don't know how you come out of nowhere at six foot eight. We've talked a lot about him during these countdown episodes, Bryant. And I told you for a tight end to make my MVP list, he'd have to be pretty special. Donald Parham, pretty damn special. Number forty-nine of the Renegades, just was basically unguardable. Unguardable, I would say. Alan. Targeted 43 times at second most in the league uh, behind uh, Cam Phillips of the Houston Roughnecks. Really, uh, Landry Jones's and Philip Nelson's uh, favorite target. And why not? Once you're inside the 10-yard line, he's the man. He's the man you go to. He's the man you want uh, to catch that football because he can just jump over. He doesn't have to jump. He just reaches over everyone. Uh, four touchdowns. Really some great performances. Don't remember some speed. He had that. Uh, get up and go touchdown against the Seattle Dragons as well. It was a lot of fun. That to touchdown alone. I think you called him. What did you call? You called him an ostrich. I called him a gazelle. No, I said gazelle. You said ostrich. What are you putting words in my mouth? Donald Parham. That run was. I don't know how that that didn't make the top eight that we went over last week in the brackets. The most beautiful, elegant touchdown of the season belonged to Donald Parham. 
And really, where would the Renegades have been without him? I mean, they had a decent enough running game, but receiver-wise, I, I don't think that offense exploded as much as we thought it would, Brian. I was calling them a bit of an underachieving club on offense, at least. But Donald Parham picked up a ton of slack for, for Dallas, which also factors into me as being an MVP, a guy who could lift everybody up, make the big plays when you desperately need him. And he made big plays when they absolutely had to have him in some of their games, especially that Seattle game. Yeah, you remember they're in a playoff position uh, as the season was stopped in week five. So Donald Parham, uh, someone that I like to see uh, play and hopefully succeed uh, in the NFL. Maybe out here locally, right? He's with the, with the Chargers now. You could go watch him play for the Chargers, Bryant, and go to camp. Check him out. He's your favorite player. And tell him how he made number five on our countdown list to MVP. Let's take it now to number four. Into Seattle territory for the first time. They pull it back at another completion all the way into the end zone. Easy touchdown, St. Louis. And run to now give yourself first and goal. Tamu on the keeper, makes a move, lunging towards the end zone. Touchdown! We just talked about it. Number four, Jordan Tamu. Quarterback of the St. Louis Battle Hawks, now signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. And before he got that that opportunity, Bryant, he was leading the, this team that I was pegging to win the East. And he was a lethal quarterback in that RPO scheme, using his legs, but really using his intelligence. A young quarterback who I thought was making a lot of wise decisions. You know, people want to fault him for maybe throwing that one pick in the game against Houston on a drive where they're going down the field to maybe knock that game up or take the lead and throws a pick. But it was an offsides. It wasn't. It should have been called. Jordan Tamu was making really smart, wise decisions like that all the time. Taking the free play. Making sure he gets rid of the ball or tucks it and runs when he needs to. A marker of a leader is taking what defenses give you, not trying to do too much, and being explosive when the opportunity presents itself. This dude did that each and every single time out. And as a young QB, I thought, man, if this guy's hitting on all cylinders, he'll be an MVP candidate. He hit on all cylinders, Bryant. He's an MVP candidate, number four on our list. And number four, I think value to the team was also a big importance for me here with Jordan Tamu. Uh, he did what he needed to do in every single game, you know, and and, and we talked about it, especially in that first uh, home opener for the Battle Hawks uh, against the New York Guardians. He didn't do much. He was accurate when he had to be. He made the plays when he had to be. He shut them down at the end uh, to make sure they would get the ball back. Jordan Tamu was uh, the heart and soul of that team, and I think the leader and at such a young age just shows so much poise. I, all I see is great things for this man's future. Uh, Jordan Tamu, uh, maybe not the greatest stats in the whole wide world, but definitely the value was there, the importance was there, and that's why he was number four on my list as well. Oh, he had to be. You know, our offensive player of the year countdown, Brian, I don't think he made the top five, correct? Yeah, I thought he did. Tamu did? Did he? I'm looking at – no, he, he, did, he did not. I'm looking back at it. He did not. But that's that's why this is a different kind of list, and that's what I wanted to emphasize here. Offensive player of the year. I think stats maybe weighed more into that one, Bryant, when we were coming up with that list. 
MVP, you're talking about, like you said, value, importance to your team, uh, and being being someone that everyone could count on all the time. And in a position of importance at quarterback, Jordan Tamu, you think, oh, the youth, he might be a liability. They might handcuff him a bit. Not at all. He played within a system that I thought was beautifully tailored to him. That RPO system, lots of running by the St. Louis Battlehawks for sure, but lots of unleashing Jordan Tahamu, and he made the plays when they needed him. And, man, I just feel like extrapolate what he was doing weeks one through five, what he could have and would have been doing near the end of the season. I'm Dare I say it would have – I was expecting him to rival P.J. Walker as the most explosive QB in the league with all the skills he has – being such a great athlete. No, he was a great athlete, a lot of skills. Uh, and you got to remember, 22 years old, if I'm not mistaken, not on the age. So uh, just like I said, a bright feature for this man. Uh, a lot of fun to watch him play uh, and lead that team uh, to to probably one of the better teams in the league, at least well, when the season stopped. And only two picks, and both of them were against the same team in that Houston game. One of them shouldn't have even happened. So then he counted. Take that one away. One interception, too, for a young QB. Very, very, very rare to see and definitely worthy of making this list. Jordan Tamu, number four on our MVP countdown list. Let's go now to the, I think, going to be controversial, number three. Two seconds to snap it here. Get it away. What's coming? Picked up. It is caught. Touchdown. Phillips, and for the first time all afternoon, with 9.03 to go in the fourth quarter, Houston has taken the lead. Walker Milton, that play clock all the way down. Watch the throw for it, steps up and fires, it's Phillips, down by the goal line and in! Touchdown, Roughnecks! Second of the day, ninth of the season for Cam Phillips. Cam Phillips, Bryant, landed at number three, our Offensive Player of the Year in our MVP countdown list. Is at number three, he had three XFL Stars of the Week awards, all the touchdowns. Uh, Why is he at three? I know why, but explain to the people why we placed him here. Well, Alan, you and I have been talking about this list for quite some time, and this morning we actually uh, bumped him back. One and I think the reason was is the value uh, to his team. Yes, Cam Phillips, great player. Stats were there. Do the Houston Roughnecks have the success that they have without him? I'm not going to sit here and say yes, but at the same time, I don't know if I could say no based on the way June Jones ran that team, the way PJ Walker played, the way some of his other assets played, Nick Holly, uh, uh, Butler as well uh, from the backfield. So I think Cam Phillips had a great season. It's one of those. Uh, type of offensive seasons you don't really see from a receiver uh, when you start kind of forecasting the numbers a little bit. But I think that's why, uh, although he was our offensive player of the year, because really you had to account for him, I think in terms of MVP, is number three on my list. Yeah, this one is controversial for sure. Any wide receiver getting nine touchdowns in five weeks, winning all those individual awards, Definitely deserves to be on the list for sure and be considered as the number one, as the MVP of the league. But at wide receiver, you're talking about a position that relies on someone to get them the ball 
And also, we're going to be talking about two players ahead of them that just kind of put their teams on on their backs. Now, Cam Phillips was spectacular. He had a connection with P.J. Walker that was unreal for, for guys who had never played together and coming together to, to join this Roughnecks team, play under June Jones. And, I mean, halfway, basically halfway to a 1,000-yard season, nine touchdowns. The, these are incredible Bolitnikoff award-winning numbers if you're talking college football. Uh, offensive player of the year numbers for our, our show, but it's not the quarterback position, so some of the value gets deteriorated, at least for you and I, I think, Bryant. And that's just the nature, I think, of the game, and we're spoiling it here. Two quarterbacks are ahead of Cam Phillips because those quarterbacks just had, they had to do it the entire game. Cam Phillips showed up in spurts, a lot of spurts, but he plays wide receiver, so that kind of hurt him, I think. In all honesty, based on the thirty, yes, based on the thirty-one receptions, Alan, uh, that's just little over six touches per game. I mean, it's hard to give somebody the MVP when you're touching the ball about six times per game. Uh, you have to have a, a extraordinary. I mean, and by that I mean like extraordinary season. Uh, and Cam Phillips did have one. I just don't know if it was that the value again was there because there was a game. There was a game where Ken Phillips had one reception for nine yards and the Houston Roughnecks still won that game. So, look, not trying to take anything away from the man. I'm just saying that in terms of value, in terms of what makes an MVP, I think Ken Phillips at number three is a pretty good spot. Yeah, you bring up a good point there. The fact that he was – they were someone was able to game plan Cam Phillips out of a game and, and the Roughnecks still won the game, but he's a player that was game planned out of the game, basically non-existent. His team – one without him being a huge factor in that also kind of hurts him as well. And we'll take it now to our next, the top two in our countdown. And these guys were, if they weren't on, basically their teams were probably going to lose. Especially our number two guy uh, who, like you said earlier this morning, Bryant, snuck into the spot because he was at three basically all week long. And then we said, you know what? <laughs> Let's make it number two for this cat. Literally, this cat. This is wild. From the 40. Johnson, again, going deep this time. McBride's open into the end zone for the Wildcat touchdown. Remember that flag off the play fake. Here's Johnson, loads up, got a man. It's Whitfield in the end zone, no. Saeed Blacknall. So Josh Johnson makes it to the number two spot on our MVP countdown, Bryant. Why? Well, he is the QB in charge of the two highest scoring games, the two highest scoring games in the, in the league this season. His team basically was lost without him, and... Because the XFL gives you so much access to the sidelines, you could see what kind of leader he was on the sideline, how he spoke to his teammates, how he galvanized that, how he got them together, riled them up, got them focused, how he made sure his coaches were on the same page no matter what. Josh Johnson, <laughs> a leader. The leadership skills and the importance to those W's for the Wildcats get him on this list. Now, not to say he didn't have – that rough one in New York, but still 
the leader of the team and I'd say the second best quarterback in the league and our, our number two in our MVP countdown. Uh, leadership, I think, is huge. And the Wildcats were dependent on Josh Johnson. Norm Chow, uh, his offense was great. But it was Josh Johnson that made it that much better. I think Josh Johnson showed that he could play football. He showed that he could play um, quality football. He is a uh, good Chris solid MVP candidate for this league, for the Wildcats. The Wildcats, like you said, would have been lost without him. Uh, they were 2-3, and three, but they were 2-2 two and two in his starts. Uh, and, and Josh Johnson took ownership of some of his mistakes as well. Never, you know, really showed signs of defeat. The man lost his mouthpiece, Alan, and still won a football <laughs> game. I mean, come on. This, this is I think Josh he found Johnson. it. I'm glad and he might have found he might have found it in the second half. Um, or he borrowed someone's. I don't know. <laughs> the Wildcats uh, definitely needed Josh Johnson. And Josh Johnson delivered, and I think that's why he was number two on both of our lists. Needed him. Needed him. Oh, man. We saw in week one, we were both wearing our gear. So, yeah, we're going to be we're gonna be cheering for L.A. That's what we do. You know, we love the league. We love all these teams, but we our hearts are with these Wildcats, Bryant, you and I. And that week one, I admit it, for me at least, I was like, oh, man, if he's not in this game next week, what, what are they going to do? They're handicapped without Josh Johnson and his ability. And also talk about the Tampa game down in that one. And that was a very important game for L.A. They were down pretty big. Two score, two Eight, scores. 18 points? 19 points? And 18. Josh Johnson, zero sweat. And just blast the doors off the Jerry Glanville defense. And just a fun player to watch. Probably, I'd say, the best story of any one player in the XFL because of his bouncing around million teams, getting his... He, this is his gig now. This He is the LA Wildcats to me. I really hope he's back in 2021. And he, if, if he is and our number one guy isn't, Josh Johnson definitely will be the favorite to win MVP next year. Uh, Alan, in that New York game, don't forget, he had two touchdown passes as well in that game and I believe yeah the, the conversion as well so he's done his parts uh, he'll never tell you that he did his part everybody else needs to do theirs uh, but Josh Johnson definitely an MVP candidate and you're right Alan uh, maybe the favorite if he comes back in 2021 oh I'm, I'm calling it if if he's back he's my favorite to win MVP next season for sure this is about this season and this season was cut off short but we all know who was in line to be number one on this countdown, to be the MVP. Jay! The one is the protection. Blitz coming on a third and one. Walker going for it all, and he gets it all! Touchdown! Minute 10. Out of the pocket is Walker. Wide open is Mobley again. This time they connect. Touchdown, Roughnecks. Easiest number one choice, Bryant, of any countdown we've done. P.J. Walker, MVPJ, Houston Roughnecks quarterback. The sidearm, the deep ball, the 
I mean, the scrambling, the fumbling the ball, running back 20 yards, and then scoring a touchdown anyway. Unreal. I go out there. I can't. I'll, this is burned into my memory. Watching the video, the hype video for P.J. Walker from the Roughnecks before week one. And he says, I go out there playing like I'm the best player on the field every single time. Damn it if he didn't prove it. Obviously the best player <laughs> on the field. Every time he was out there this season. MVPJ. Uh, 1,338 yards, Allen. 119 completions. A 65% uh, completion percentage. Uh, 15 touchdowns, only four interceptions. 15 what to four. 15 to four. And this is a team that basically threw the ball all the time. Four measly interceptions that really didn't amount to a hill of beans, Bryant, because... If they cost, if the team scored off of it, he just went right back out and scored anyway. Undefeated. Don't forget, undefeated. Five W's. And then 100 yards rushing as well, Allen, on top of that with the touchdown as well. I mean, this was the motor that moved not just the Houston Roughnecks, but the XFL. I mean, he, he put an entire league on his back and showed what this league was all about. P.J. Walker was a leader. P.J. Walker uh, won games. And P.J. Walker didn't lose any games as well. I think it's fair to say that P.J. Walker, uh, if we get more P.J. Walkers in 2021, this league's in for uh, quite a run um, going forward. Uh, Really just one of the easiest choices we've ever had to make on this show. For sure. And if any player also to add on, you talk about how this guy dazzled, he won, he was the whole offense was built around his ability to make smart decisions and extend plays and just go out there and ball like June Jones, all the trust he put in into him to really go out there and just execute and be the man. And he did it. Uh, if any player in this league saw all that, or, or excuse me, young, young football fans saw all that and, and didn't say, man, this league's fun. I want to be like that guy. I want to play in that league one day and be like PJ Walker. If there's any player in the league that had anyone saying that it was him. P.J. Walker was amazing. And I'm really bummed as an XFL fan that he's going to be with the Panthers over in the NFL. But the fact is that guy's so talented. He he needs to he needs that opportunity for sure. So I am going to be following his career forever and ever because he is one of the most fun football players I've ever watched. And it was thanks to the XFL we got the opportunity to see him do it in the pros. Bryant. P.J. Walker, the Houston Roughnecks, is our MVP, number one on this countdown. But before we wind down, let's real quick throw in some honorable mentions. Is there anybody that didn't make our list that you just thought a really unsung MVP candidate, maybe of their team, or just someone that could have cracked this top five if these other five guys weren't so awesome? Uh, I think I'm going to go with the, uh, the most important to his team, aspect more than anything i don't know if your name if you're going to say this guy as well but i'm going to say luis perez of the new york guardians he turned that team around Uh, he brought them close uh, when he came in to spell um matt mcgloin in in st louis he beat the la wildcats he beat the dallas renegades Uh, he was doing pretty uh good things for the the renegades we all excuse me for the guardians Uh, i'm gonna say luis perez would have been a great mvp candidate if the season had gone further and we got to see exactly what he could do. Cause like I said, he made you want to play for him. Yeah. Luis Perez uh, is another great story. Um, 
him and Josh Johnson, I think, are the two most fascinating guys to hear about and their journeys and their careers. Uh, definitely honorable mention. I have no gripes with that. He's not the guy I pegged. Think about, I know, holy crap, what a horrible game he had in the first half, especially against Houston. But Landry Jones, how important was he to Dallas, right? He, they were, oh man. I mean, I really put the boots to Philip Nelson. I remember just his bad performances, but he just couldn't move this offense the way Landry Jones could, even with all his mistakes he was making. I thought was vital to Stoops and Mummy having an offense to go along with their pretty darn good defense. Don't you think Landry Jones, even though season was cut short for him with an injury, had some bad interceptions? He was pretty damn important to the Dallas Renegades with all that happening. In fairness, I'm not going to have too many gripes with you on this one. I will say that that L.A. game that he won. Uh, they were able to run the ball significantly well against that LA team, which probably led. Still had over uh, 300 victory. yards passing in that game, though. And in then he did beat game. Seattle, mm-hmm. and we all know how we feel about Seattle on this team. But then he You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Hopefully, that knee gets better, and we see him back here uh, leading the Dallas Renegades to another game, uh, to a to another season, a, a productive season as well. Any non-quarterbacks? I don't know you can think of just kind of off the top of your head. Cameron's Not- pain comes to mind. Non QBs. What he was able to bring. The honorable mentions. Oh yeah, you could throw in uh, both running backs to Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, we haven't done that before, have we? I could say Tolliver with Tampa Bay on defense was tremendous at corner. Um, Anthony Johnson, I think, just as a leader. Uh, St- Stephen Johnson is a leader as well with his defense in Seattle. These are important players. Didn't crack our list though, Bryant. The top five is locked in forever. And it's P.J. Walker sitting atop as MVP, according to us, at least. And what do we know? We just watched all the games over and over and over again. and thousand times. You know, read the stat lines nonstop and really take this very seriously. So maybe you should take that seriously when we say MVP J. Walker, baby, forever in 100 years. Where's the T-shirt? I want the T-shirt. MVP J. The uncrowned MVP. <laughs> at least with the league, but with us, Bryant, he's our MVP of season one of the XFL for damn sure. And that was another fun countdown in the books. What do you say? We made it through awards. That was, season. We made it through awards season. Hashtag XFL show awards. Give us your top five uh, in MVP or in any one of the categories that we've covered. Uh, we did offensive and defensive player of the year. Uh, we also did coach of the year. Uh, also moments. If you have some moments you want to talk about, go back and listen to that show as well uh, because we talked top five moments. Alan, award season's over. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do next week because we've been <laughs> – these were, these last shows were kind of easy to write uh, because we had the award season. So stick around. Uh, we'll give you some insight on what we're going to do that. Uh, we'll probably tweet it out at XFL Show. So make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at XFL Show. Also, subscribe and listen to us every single Tuesday and Friday morning on your favorite podcast app that's apple podcast google podcast spotify or any other podcast app that you like let us know which one you like too as well and also you can watch us hi mom on xfl.com or youtube.com slash xfl the official youtube page of the xfl and you know what you can also vote in that bracket this weekend don't forget about that top moments on xfl social media vote on twitter at xfl 2020 check it out look at all those plays 
on XFL.com too. That's I'm I'm having fun watching the votes come in on those. And yeah, next week's going to be fun, Bryant. The countdowns. We'll come back to some more countdowns, but for the award season, uh, we're going to cap it off here with MVP next week. We'll see what we could get into. We want to talk to some of you. Like we said, DMs are open, so hit us up at XFL Show if you want to talk about your fandom and maybe a special moment you had. If you're a part of the Beer Snake in D.C., we'd love to hear from you. Or call us, 724-565-4XFL. We'll set something up, get you on the phone for an episode or even on a Skype call like some people have done with us, and we'll have some fun with that. We're looking forward to getting some more league representation, interviews, check-ins with players and coaches in the very near future for Stick Around. So stick around for all of that. And uh, yes, like Brian said, make sure you subscribe to the feed because it is still on. We're not go- I'm not going outside. But I'm still making sure that feed is getting plenty of, plenty to eat with some shows twice a week, Brian. Nom, 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 nom. XFL talk <laughs> all the way to 2021. Alan, we did it for two years. I'm sure we can do it through an offseason of lots and lots uh, to talk about. But if you have suggestions as well, fans, let us know. Uh, like Alan says, call the fan line 724-565-4XFL or... Uh, just hit us up on the DMs. We, you know, this shows is all is yours as well. If you want us to talk about something, you want us to hit up something, you want us to, you want to talk to us, and Skype with us, have your face in one of these boxes. You could, we'll make a personalized box for you right here or down here in this spot. Oh, it would be like down, yeah, like in the middle. We'll of put the you here, and we'll make us smaller, and then we'll give you the big box. Make it your show for a few minutes. Talk about how much you love your team, and we'll talk football together. Hopefully you're all staying safe. Hopefully you're all healthy, feeling good, and ready to talk some football on this long road to 2021 with us. But still, lots will be happening, especially with these NFL signings and more articles I read that fire me up, Bryant. Don't worry about me being fired up for Tuesday morning. That show, we'll have plenty to talk about on the next one. I'm going to be ready. And and hopefully it'll, it'll you look... Hopefully, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch up this studio a little bit, make it look even even more fun, more elegant. Oh, because I started I started working yeah. on mine. Now you that ladder has really yours. been lurking this whole show, and I'm thinking, man, if he's gonna be doing something, I gotta be. It's like a, this is like a arms race. I'm gonna be putting more wild stuff in here, making <laughs> making it look legit, baby. This is a studio. We're on video now. And for all you podcast listeners, thank you so much. Podcast listening, a lot different experience, I know. You're probably not in a car as much. So, great time to listen to us. I've come up with this real quick countdown list. My top three favorite places to listen to this show, if I were you, gentle football fan. The shower. Doing laundry. Doing the dishes. The three best essential places for podcast listening. Or cooking. Can I throw cooking in there? If you're Anything cooking. in the kitchen. If you're in that kitchen for an extended period of time, let us hang out with you. And, you know, if you, if, well, you can also, we can't smell, we can't smell it yet, but one day through the 5G, we'll be able to smell what they're cooking while they listen Not to the 5G, show. 5D, by the way. Um, Alan, you can also ask your smart, smart device to play. This is the XFL Show podcast, by the way. So if you have one of those, just say it out loud and they'll start playing it. Yeah, but don't do that right now, though, Bryant, because you always do that, and then you make my my th- puck thing back there go off, and then it throws my whole office off. So don't. I gotta end the show before Bryant starts messing with it. Thanks th- for listening. Thanks for watching us on YouTube, 
And uh, like we said, at XFL Show, if you want to be a part of the show or if you just have anything to talk about XFL-wise with us, we are there. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Stay healthy. For Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.